Hey patrons, welcome to Mikey Pod bonus content. What's up? Today's going to be a extended interview with Joanne MacArthur. That doesn't seem like the right name to call this. It's it's an extended interview, I guess. It's a longer, it's more of the interview that I just did after the interview that was on the main podcast. Um, she just won an award today. It's uh, the People's Choice Wildlife Photographer of the Year. That's kind of legit, like... Well, I mean, we all knew that she was legit, but come on. Um, so, yeah, I really dig this Joy MacArthur. I felt super awkward about the interview. I didn't realize how much, until I listened to it and edited it, and this is just patron inner workings of my brain content, I feel like I was really kind of uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, unsure of myself during this interview in a way that I haven't been in a long time in interviews. I inter- I edited it a lot, mostly my own like weirdness. And it made me realize, I think part of what was so weird about it is I've been interviewing artists slash activists lately. And I just could not get my head around, even though she kept saying <laughs> that her activism is her art. I kept asking about them as if they were separate things. Like her photography is her activism. And maybe, I don't know, is is that activism? I don't know. It is for her and she's making changes with it. So maybe it is. But that's the whole thing I talk about. Anyway, I, it's, I, my mind is opened in a new way. And I like looking back and interviewing it, I sort of, or editing it, I was sort of getting my head around like, uh, that I wasn't, that I wasn't getting it at the time. I was like, oh wait, she kept saying (laughs) that her, her photography and her activism were one and the same. Uh, so anyway, that I just wanted to share that insight and I don't really even know what it's about. I guess because to me, like, uh, I don't know that it doesn't seem like that's what it is, but it is. And I guess, is that what I'm trying to do with the animal show? Yes. Am I doing that? I think so. But I hadn't really made that connection. I think I felt like, I don't know. I think as a, <clears throat> as an artist and an activist and everything else, I'm still in a place where I look at like everything I do as sort of like quaint, whatever that means. I don't put a lot of value in my own stuff. Uh, I guess that's something I still struggle with. Anyway, I'm glad this is a small little group of us because this is revealing. Is it? I don't know. Anyway, hush, hush, child. Here's the rest of that interview with Joanne MacArthur. Let me know how you like having this bonus content. It is really fun to share it. And I love that it's only going to people who are like solid supporters of my work. So I could be sort of, I guess, uh, what's the word? Not intimate. Um, When you're willing to be... Yeah, I don't know. The word for... <laughs> Why? Why does this keep happening? Um, Brene Brown talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, maybe I'll talk to Brene Brown. Does anyone know her? Here's the rest of the interview for you guys. Hello, patrons. Joanne MacArthur has been kind enough to um, agree to do a little quick bonus interview for you guys. Uh, thank you again, Joanne, for being on the podcast and for doing this extra bonus interview as well. My pleasure. Uh, all right, so let's jump right to these questions. Uh, the first is, which these I, I feel very like by rote with these, but I think that's okay. Um, which do you remember first, uh, impetus for being creative or an impetus or a motivation toward like justice, even oh. as a kid? Oh, they were, no, I, one didn't come before the other. 
I wish I could give you a straight up answer there, but I always had a concern for animals and I always had a strong creative streak and it just took some time before they eventually combined into the We Animals project. But I've had them both since I was very young. Uh, I, I think that's a perfectly acceptable answer, especially since it's the truth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that that is what my experience is too. I remember both of them very vividly as a kid. Um, challenges as, because uh, you travel a lot, like, uh, do you have some uh, go-to like coping mechanisms for finding food, for being vegan in uh, different faraway locations? Yeah, I really do, actually. I'm so glad you asked because that's a fun question. Uh, so when I'm traveling far away where I know I'm not going to have all the things I normally eat, first and foremost, just relax. Uh, vegans get so caught up in like, oh, but, you know, where am I going to get my veggie burgers and like all these all these high-end products and like, First of all, bring some with you. And also, you know, if you're volunteering at a sanctuary in Africa where it's mostly beans, rice, and avocados and tomatoes for a month, just enjoy it. Like, you're not going to die of scurvy and you're going to still have all your nutrients. Like, everyone calm down. Beans and rice. <laughs> the world lives off of beans and rice and you can as well uh, for a month, especially for a couple of days. So everyone relax. Uh, my other thing is just to bring, you know, bring some multivitamins, uh, bring a jar of peanut butter if that's your thing. And I have a particular love of having, you know, the perfect tea in the morning and that's hard to get far away. And so I bring powdered soy milk. Oh, Ta -da! and scene. Perfect. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Where was the place you went that you were most surprised to find lots of vegan stuff to eat? Well, some places where there's not a lot of food, there's still a lot of vegan food. It's just not the processed stuff that we're, we're sort of used to in Europe and North America, like all of the quote unquote alternatives that we're used to from the fake chicken strips to the 10 zillion different kinds of plant-based milks. And, and so, you know, sometimes you go to somewhere like rural Chile or Argentina or Cameroon or, um, you know, all sorts of sort of faraway places and you're just eating more natural from the earth, straight from the earth foods. And, and I really love that actually. It's sometimes like, Oh God, you know, I'm, I'm only having, you know, a salad and, and, and two kinds of beans and rice tonight. But like, wow, that's amazing. That is um, kind of great. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's good vegan food everywhere you go. And then you get to try local spices as well. My favorite place to eat is Ethiopia. Oh my gosh. Such wonderful food there. Um, last thing. Are there like in your travels, in your, um, you know, when you're on a project where you're seeing a lot of difficult things and being in these experiences that maybe you get like hammered day after day with um, upsetting, you know, being in these settings, are there any rituals or, or go to sort of actions that you take to take care of yourself in these times? Well, I, I will say I do find it a bit difficult to look after myself when I'm doing field work because field work is often all night or at night. Uh, it requires long flights and often long drives and bus rides as well. And often you're kind of sleeping from, you know, different places, someone's couch and then a hotel. And I mean, it is a little bit rough doing the investigative work or doing the long term travel work. And so for me, I just have to know that, you know, this is temporary um, the word I learned in my Vipassana meditation is Anicca, and that means all, all things pass, and you know I too will return home to the coziness of my bed where I can recuperate and have some some long sleeps. But I mean, eating well is really important when you're 
traveling and getting as much sleep as you can. And sometimes you're going to be a little tired, but, uh, but it's all for a good cause. Yeah. And do you keep up a, like a regular meditation practice? Um, I would call it an irregular meditation. practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it. I was just, I'm always curious about that because I also have an irregular meditation pro- process uh, practice. Um, yeah, for me, it's oh. about listening to um, listening to uh, yoga inspired music and meditation music when I'm sleeping, or to calm myself down on uh, flights because you know, flights can be just ugh, yucky places to spend 12 or 16 hours or even five hours. So. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, doing yoga when I can and meditation, meditating even for five minutes, 10 minutes when I can, it uh, helps keep the nerves calm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me on both of these interviews. And of course, for your wonderful work, it's such a valuable thing that we have in the world and I'm grateful for it. And yours as well, your beautiful music. And, you know, I love how you are also you know, getting your head around how you can use your skills for good and for change. And you so are. And I really admire that. Uh, I appreciate you saying so. Like really like getting to meet you at the, at the arts, uh, the compassion arts festival and, and all the different things really was like, Oh, that's Joan MacArthur. She's doing this thing. (laughs) Uh So it's really, it's cool to have you out there doing it and continuing to do it. And then to get to interact with you is like, great. It really helps me stay on, on, uh, and belief that that this type of thing is worth doing. So thank oh. you. Well, it's right. nice it's nice to be in the same community with the same the same arts community with the Culture and Animals Foundation and uh, having their support and knowing that there's a growing uh, number of people out there in the arts who are helping animals. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, enough with the self, the loving one another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you again, and I hope to talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you.